You are listening to Rock the Walls here on IW Radio. I'm your host, Patrick Walford. On tonight's show, we will be speaking with Lucas Magyar, vocalist of Veil of Maya, talking all of it, playing the Warped Tour this summer, how it came about for him to join the band, just how long it took him to write their 2015 album, Matriarch, which was pretty surprising to me, but probably be pretty surprising to you as well, and kind of the circumstances around uh, kind of what was going on in his life uh, while joining the band, working 40 hours a week at a concrete factory, and talking about a whole lot more, and then as well, talking about great albums to come out so far in 2016. I will be joined by one of the guitarists of Circle of Contempt, Risto Mati Toivinen. They dropped their album, Structures for Creation, just a couple weeks back, and just I've been listening to it absolutely nonstop. We talk about the record itself, the hiatus that the band had taken over the last couple years, if they're going to be touring coming up at all this year, and a whole lot more. It's been a jam-packed week for me. Uh, just yesterday, at the Vans Warped Tour in Auburn Hills, Michigan, you want to talk about Scorchers, if you're going to warp Tour in a parking lot, it's uh, 35 degrees outside, which for you Americans, I believe, translates into about 95 degrees. Uh, just absolutely crazy. By the end of the day, just absolutely sunburned, but uh, just tons of fun. You can't beat the warp Tour. Seeing bands, like I mentioned before, like Ville, Maya, uh, you know, Cold Rain, Wage War, just a ton of great bands on the tour, and some bands as well that I'll be talking to on next week's show, Ocean's 8 Alaska and Cane Hill, and getting the chance to catch a Treyu, Bullet for My Valentine and Good Charlotte was also uh, quite the treat. Really, really enjoyed those bands. If you guys already have not, be sure to subscribe to the Rock the Walls podcast on iTunes. Never miss an episode that way. Basically, anytime a podcast gets uploaded to iTunes, you will get a notification telling you that there's a new episode. So definitely head over to iTunes and do that or wherever you download your podcast, whether it's Podcast Addict and all the various type of podcast apps out there. Right now, we're going to get to the interviews, so without any further ado, here is my interview with Lucas Magyar, vocalist of Bill of Maya, on Rock the Walls. You are listening to Rock the Walls here on IW Radio. I'm your host, Patrick Walford. Right now, we're joined by a band. Their album, Matriarch, was our album of the year in 2015. We're here with the vocalist of Veil of Maya, Lucas Magyar. Uh, Lucas, how's everything going, man? Uh, out on your first warp tour, uh, just uh, how's everything been so far? It's been great, very exciting. Every day is kind of a new experience. Uh, and just a little bit busier than most tours that you'd be on. So it's been fun. Now, man, uh, I talked to uh, Mark right around the album release last year, but uh, just uh, for any of the listeners out there who might not know, just as far as uh, you coming into the band with with Brandon leaving, uh, just exactly how that come about for yourself? Was this something where you had already known the guys for a bit and they kind of sought out after you, or is this something where you kind of sent in like a like a vocal audition saying, you know, I'm definitely up for the job? Social media, man. 21st century, it, it changed everything. I found out um, on Facebook funny enough that Brandon was no longer part of the band and I was actually at work when I saw it and didn't really think much of it and then the next day I happened to see it again and I was like you know wait a minute you know light bulb kind of went off I was like I should probably try out for this see if I can get in contact with the manager so I researched a little bit figured out who Vale Maya's manager was and shot him an email and uh a couple days after that he got back to me he actually sent me Mikasa instrumentally and then um, the Mikasa, as you know it today, is what I wrote and sent back in as my audition. And then 
Uh, they were all pretty impressed by it, so they sent me another track, did the same thing, and a couple days later they were flying me out to Virginia to track a single and then play Knotfest. Nice. It's pretty great. Definitely, man. Now, for yourself, uh, kind of with that in mind, and uh, the album already pretty much being written instrumentally, as far as, you know, putting your touch on it uh, vocally and lyrically, just what kind of a process was that like for you? I remember Mark describing it as something that, it, for the band, it was kind of the quickest writing process they had had in terms of lyrics and whatnot. So just for yourself, you know, obviously the idea of the record Matriarch, all the album titles being strong female uh, antagonists and whatnot, just uh, where exactly did you start with that writing process and kind of where you wanted to take stuff versus, you know, what kind of their input as well is where they wanted the lyrics kind of to be. The uh, the overall concept that they were going for with the record being Matriarch and, uh, you know, all the song names being what they were, it really kind of made a lot of sense with my lyrical writing style. Um, so the songs per se aren't, you know, about the characters necessarily. It's just like that overall mindset of always overcoming and no matter what situation you're in, no matter how deep of a hole you feel like you're in, you are always in control of it. Um, and you just got to understand that as a human being that you got to get yourself out of the situations that you've dug yourself into. Um, so basically throughout the process of writing, we were, we were doing the Knotfest run, which was like a six-day, a five- or six-day little tour, you know. So I just spent that time kind of writing about situations that would happen, um, you know, throughout the day on that run. So I guess, uh, like, like, Mikasa itself, that song is literally written about the process of auditioning and, like, what I was facing at the time in my own personal life and what this new experience could potentially bring to me, you know, and I, I was very excited. So the lyrics are very focused around that. And then the song, like Ellie, um, is written about this family that we didn't know, but we knew through a mutual friend had let us stay there, you know, and it was just amazing that these guys that didn't know us at all would house us, feed us, you know, take care of us and let us stay there and just trust us completely, you know. So uh, I really just had, a, you know, through about three weeks of writing um, and it was just all about what was happening at the time you know and we just made it work and uh, it was about overcoming something that I had never really gone after before and it fit well with the concept overall so we went with it. Now, for yourself, before joining the band, um, I know when you guys were doing that Not Fest run, it was kind of—it wasn't announced. It was just you know, Vale of Maya has a new vocalist playing with them at that point. But uh, for yourself, just uh, what were you doing before for a job and whatnot? Just kind of a prior history as far as uh, any other bands that you had played in, or is this kind of like the first serious band that you that you've been a part of? I've been pursuing music for now like a decade, but by the time I've been doing it for about eight years, I have projects back home. I have a metal project called Arms of Empire. I have a hip-hop project called Moxner and several other projects as well that I was working on. And uh, I was working a full-time job at a concrete plant, just, just kind of like quality control. So my life just kind of consisted of, you know, 40 hours a week of standing on my feet, watching Block go by, and then, you know, writing music at night and hanging out with friends and family. And, you know, pretty everyday average life of a, of a local musician, you know, trying to make it. That was that's pretty much it, man. I had a simple life. Initially, when you know the offer came in to you know join the band, just as far as you know telling family and friends and what, what was kind of some of the stuff that they were saying to you, and just for yourself initially when you got that call that you know that they wanted you and you're going to be the vocalist. I mean, what was kind of uh, the feelings and stuff going through your head at the time? I mean, it had to kind of be a lot to process at that point in time when you looked at uh, kind of what Vale Maya had done up to that point. You know, playing you know Mayhem Fest, touring with you know bands like Whitechapel, After the Burial, just many bands in the scene. I mean, really a seminal band kind of in the heavy scene right now. 
I was 23 at the time. I'm 25 now, and it, I was just getting to a point. As I said, I've been working on it, you know, relentlessly for eight years, and it was getting to the point where every night it's just like, man, I need a break at some point. Something's got to happen, you know. And I, and I knew something was going to come through eventually, but I had no idea what, when, you know, what the opportunity would be. So I was just kind of, I would almost say maybe in panic mode when it came down to terms of, you know, how my career was looking for you know the future and all of a sudden everything happened and I, I kind of kept everything under wraps during the audition process I didn't tell many people about it because I didn't want to be talking about something that may not happen so I just let like family know and like my closest friends hey guys you know I'm doing this I, I may be gone for a while if things uh, go through and they're all like you know all right that's very cool everyone was very supportive very excited and all of a sudden you know one day I actually get a call from the guys and here they're like hey you do you really want to do this because we're going to fly you out and it was just like life-changing uh weight lifted off my shoulders for sure it just was like you know I, I always believe that relentless hard work every day is going to pay off but until you actually see it it's just such a struggle so finally when it happened that fast overnight almost it was just like wow you know totally all worth it and I tell everyone who asked me about it you know I always tell them the same thing. If you work for it every every day, there's just no way that it's not going to happen. So it was it was a big relief, and I was extremely excited. And that's when the real work began. You know, I had to start memorizing songs that I'd never even listened to before, and you know, I had to start getting ready to perform. Definitely. Now, I know as well with Bill Maya up to that point, there was no clean vocals on any of their records. It was something where they kind of saw where your vocal ability was, and then that's kind of when they made that decision to add some clean singing in? Yeah, because as I mentioned, the first audition I sent back was Mikasa, and it was written basically identical, nearly syllable for syllable. There were some minor changes here and there that we made, uh, but they obviously knew from that uh, audition hey he can do the metal vocals well and he can execute the singing very well so you know let's go for it and it's something if they would have told me you know no singing I wouldn't have been interested in it anyway I just I could kind of tell by the song that this band was taking uh, a turn you know in their style and I, I knew they wanted singing so I was like I feel like this is a very good opportunity for me so I just jumped at it Luckily, I was right. You know, it was uh, the way that the band wanted to sound. It was the direction that they were going in. And, I mean, we're all very excited about it, and we're excited to push things to the, you know, the next limit from there or, the, or the, break that next ceiling and see what else we can achieve. Yeah, definitely for sure. Now, uh, you guys did the Summer Slaughter last summer. As far as uh, when you guys heard about when you were going to be on the band's Warped Tour, where exactly uh, were you when you either got that phone call or that email from management? telling you guys you're going to be on Warped all summer. I'm not exactly sure where I was at the moment, um, but we were, our manager had brought it up, you know, several times to us that it was his number one goal, you know, to, to make sure that we were on this year's Warped Tour. So we all kind of put it in the back of our heads. We weren't dwelling on it. We were real busy with touring and things like that. So we kind of all had our own stuff going on. And yeah, just, you know, one day our manager finally texts us like, all right, you're confirmed on Warped. And we were all real excited, but I cannot tell you where I was or what I was doing at the moment. I wish I could. Whatever whatever I was doing, I stopped doing it for sure for a few yeah. moments. Yeah, definitely. Now, now, growing up, was Warped Tour something that you always went to when, when it came through Milwaukee? I had a lot of friends that went to it a lot. I had only been to it one time. I was in, like, 2010, I believe. And, I mean, great time, great experience. And it's funny now being on the other side of things and seeing how everything operated that day. And, you know, it's a good time. I'm very excited to hit the Milwaukee day and have a lot of friends and family coming out. And it's going to really be funny walking through the grounds and seeing what I saw as a fan and then 
you know, crossing into the backstage area and be like, wow, this is what was going on that day. You know, the parties and all the all the fun times. Everyone's well, everyone's just partying, having a good time, meeting new friends. That's what this tour is really great for is networking and, and just meeting a lot of people that, you know, you would have never met if it wasn't for this tour. So, yeah, for sure. Now, who are some of those bands so far on the tour that you guys have uh, met and become friends with or just any bands that you've kind of uh, really got into uh, through just kind of walking around the grounds and checking stuff out? Lately, I've, I've bringing up this band a lot, man. The homies in Cold Rain, I just can't get enough of them. Their music is amazing. I mean, I'm a, like they're the one band on this tour who I've watched where I'm definitely going to make sure I pick up their record before the tour is over. Music's outstanding, and the guys are just animals, man. They're always partying. They're always smiling. It's probably the most upbeat band on this tour is Cold Rain, as far as what I can tell. Those guys are just stellar dudes all around. E- even their crew is awesome. Um, but then uh, I've toured with Volumes and Chelsea Grin before, so having the opportunity to be out with them again and you know just kind of add to the memories that we already have together is great. Uh, and then there are like um, the band we're under the same management as as um, Crown the Empire, and this is the first tour that I've been on with them, so I'm kind of you know making sure I take advantage of that and meet those guys because they got great music, great dudes as well. So um, that's pretty much it so far. But there's a lot of tour left. I'm hoping to meet a lot of other bands. Yeah, definitely. I know a couple bands hopping on, too, in the next week or so. Uh, Atreyu's going to be on a good chunk of it. I know. I think Bolt for My Valentine's going to be on a couple dates and whatnot. So it should be pretty sweet. I think a second half is looking just as good as the first for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're excited. We will be back talking more with Lucas Magyar, vocalist of Veil of Maya. But first, off of their 2015 album, Matriarch, it's Daenerys on Rock the Walls. So I lost all of 
are listening to Rock the Walls here on IW Radio. I'm your host, Patrick Walford. Right now, we are joined by a band. Their album, Matriarch, was our album of the year in 2015. We're here with the vocalist of Vale of Maya, Lucas Magyar. Uh, Lucas, where you guys are in the writing process of the next record, I mean, you took three weeks to write lyrically Matriarch. I mean, now kind of having a bit more time, obviously spending more time with the guys, getting more comfortable and whatnot. Just for you, uh, where are you guys kind of in that writing process? Are you guys not really began that yet, kind of still focusing on this album? We're in the early stages. I think we've finally got to the point where we've done enough talking about what we're looking for. So the writing is truly beginning. We just happen to be at the end of our touring cycle for this year. We have the we got to finish up Warp Tour, which is going to be another four weeks or so. And then, uh, then we head to Europe after just a couple weeks at home. So... Once the touring finishes out for this year, then we're really going to jump into it and get a lot done. I've already started on some lyric ideas. I actually have quite a bit written. However, when, when things start really getting pitched as far as songs, all those lyric ideas may be thrown out the window because I'm not sure if the vibe's really going to be there for those songs. They were really written uh, in like a, a very, very heavy feel, and it might, be, it might work for a song here or there, but I feel like a lot of the lyrics I had to uh, start on may just end up not being used which is perfectly fine with me i just you know took advantage of some downtime that i had and just wrote you know and, and knew at that moment you know this may or may not be used whatever the case may be i could always use it in another project you know that that it fit with better but yeah like i said we're just we're finally past the point of talking about what we want and you know we're slowly getting into the producing stages of it sure and i mean obviously with the guys you're in the band with and then you know being so, so good at the songwriting and kind of producing stuff and whatnot, that must make you know the kind of pre-pro process that much easier for sure yeah yeah i mean we're all pretty much on the same page we feel like there have been no real discrepancies about the style that we're looking for i think the four of us it's very clear to us uh, not only what works but most importantly what we truly want to do and luckily what works for this band you know and the evolution of it showing on the last record was the sound of like Mikasa and 350 and Daenerys and Lisbeth and songs like that um, the, the feel of like Lilu and Nu will always be there too but we're definitely going to continue expanding in the more melodic direction while you know maintaining the very heavy vibes that we do have but you know, we just want to be melodic. We want to hear the crowd singing along. You know, we want to. We want everyone to be excited, and that's what we truly want to make too. So it's just perfect. Yeah, definitely for sure. Now, when you guys were recording Matriarcha, uh, you mentioned Mikasa was the first song that you recorded, and then they sent you another song. Exactly, what song was that? And kind of when you guys uh, got into the studio to record the entire thing, um, uh, what was the first song you guys recorded and the last song that you recorded uh, vocally? The first song, because when we did Mikasa, it was just it was just audition, so all of those takes got taken off. Like we we completely redid that in the studio. So the first song that we actually tracked was Lucy, and then we went out for that five day run to Knotfest, and then when we came back, we kind of dived into some other songs. I want to say the last song we did may have been Daenerys, but I'm not exactly sure. I couldn't tell you what the last song was, but I do know for a fact that the first song we went in, tracked, and finished was Lucy, and we were all very excited about the way it was sounding after we heard, you know, how the vocals were going to sound over it. I mean, we were all set. We knew right from there this is definitely, and after obviously hearing uh, the audition of Mikasa, we knew that's what we were going to do for that song, so... Very early, um, when I joined, we f- we knew exactly what we were going for on the rest of the record, so it all clicked pretty quickly. Yeah, definitely. Because so, I remember as well, you guys released uh, Phoenix was the first single you guys released on January first and whatnot. It was actually kind of funny because. 
the uproar kind of was with Mikasa with the clean vocals when if you listen closely enough to Phoenix, you can actually hear, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind, of, it's kind of funny that way. So, I mean, once a record was released, you start seeing some of these comments, whether good or bad. What really sticks out the most to you that kind of uh, fans came to you personally and kind of said? Everyone was just stoked. Everyone who came up to, to us uh, after shows was just, like, blown away at the fact that we actually went for it and did all the singing on the record. You know, people, some people could kind of see it coming, but I still don't think that they... They thought it was going to be as much, you know what I mean? Because from a band who had never sang, going into a sound to where now it's like 50-50, you know, it's yeah. just a hard thing to imagine. But it worked. The fans were stoked. We were stoked. We we loved the feedback. We were glad that it went the way it did. Uh, and I mean, that's pretty much it. We were all just very happy and relieved that it went over well. I, I mean, I wasn't really worried about it. Some of the guys were like worried about it, you know, but... To me, it was just like, this is a better band. There's just no way that things aren't going to get better from here. Like, yeah. I've been listening to music for a long time, and I feel like I have a, a pretty good idea of, of what people like, you know, and Matriarch compared to the last record is just like, this is a very likable, digestible record with a lot of replay value. And to me, it was just like a complete oxymoron to think that it wasn't going to do better, you know. So yeah. I had high hopes, and I was very optimistic the whole time. And luckily, everything seemed to flow that way. So, yeah, and, and I think you can definitely tell as well. You know, as a listener of the album, I mean, this is an album for me that I at least listen to at least you know once, twice a day for pretty much all of last year. Especially when I was working uh, overnight in like a grocery store and whatnot. I mean, getting a lot of like album advances and whatnot. But I mean, I think you can really tell the emotion really shows. You know, on, a, on especially on the songs that you mentioned, songs like 350. Because I was writing yeah. around like you know not being home and dealing with experiences that I like I could I could dream them up in my head all I want but until you're there you don't really understand you know the emotional cycle of it so there's there's a lot of emotion in that record uh you know missing home and being surrounded by people who I do not know and don't necessarily know if I can trust and always trying to find the positive outlook in all of that you know even one of the songs is about how me and my one of my new friends had just gotten into this you know argument and all of a sudden he's like getting hostile towards me and i just wrote a song about it you know like what's it like to create a new friend who you see as a, a as a, almost a brother who you just traveled with you know and now all of a sudden he's out for blood nearly and it's just like those types of things happen you don't always know who you're getting in with because you're just meeting them and you gotta pick your friends wisely and needless to say we don't really talk anymore you know <laughs> and then trying to find the positive outlook within that scenario it's a little bit difficult but it is what it is and it happens yeah and it's one of those things too i mean obviously you know kind of the naivety of kind of people you know when you first start touring and whatnot start meeting people you, you want to automatically you know think the best yeah, of everyone you know what i mean you want for the most part you really can but yeah this is this is earth we're talking about you yeah. know whether you're in the music industry film industry fucking makeup industry it really doesn't matter what yeah. industry you're working in there are people who you can trust and it's most of them but then there are those ones who really you know, put on the facade like they're a good person, and they're just not at all, you know, and yeah. it's just, you got to be able to identify those types of people. Yeah, for sure, and I think for the most part in the music industry, you can usually, after having a conversation or a couple minutes with a certain person, you can kind of get yeah, motives you, uh, what they want, for you sure. figure it out pretty quickly. It's just that in-between time where you're trying to, but yeah, I mean, I love everyone who I hang out with. I have, I don't second-guess anybody who I consider myself friends with on this tour, uh, you know. If I do, I don't really go out of my way to meet a person who I, I may be questioning. Yeah. Instead, 
if the opportunity comes up and somebody else wants to introduce me to them, I'm all for it. But obviously, I'm not going to go out of my way to meet some person who I never felt like I could trust to begin with. Yeah. But as I said, that's few and far between. We're all musicians. We're artists. People are great. It's so easy to make friends. Now, for, for yourself and going on that first tour with the guys and whatnot, was there kind of like a, a single moment or like a single show where you kind of felt like, you know, you kind of bonded with the guys, kind of like this was kind of like a brotherhood, you know, kind of that feeling when you meet somebody new and you can kind of tell right away that you're going to be like really good buddies? I'd say on the way home after the tour was over and it was all successful, that's when I finally put my mind at ease. Because for me, every day it was like, Every day was going to be my last show. You know, if I didn't nail it, they're just going to send me home and get a new guy out there. You know, so I was just very focused and trying to do my job. And then afterwards, when it was like, you know, take a breath in, just relax. It's over. You did the first run with the guys. Everything went smoothly. The ride home, you know, we probably chilled out and relaxed a little bit more and got to know each other. Before that, I mean, when they first met me, I to them, I wasn't really, you know, myself because... I, I was just this quiet kid who was always trying to learn something. You know, I always had some part that I had to memorize or do something. So yeah. I spent a lot of time by myself just listening to the songs. And, you know, once we got to finally relax, I think that's when everything really set in and kind of could build a friendship from there. Yeah, definitely, for sure. And uh, just as far as for yourself, uh, just any music you've been listening to, uh, whether it's kind of within the kind of the metal realm or anything outside of it, what's uh, kind of the stuff that you've been listening to over these past couple months? Oh, man, when that latest Yellow Wolf record came out I was stuck to it. I was like glued to my headphones listening to that uh, and I was still I'll still put it on for some reason my phone decided to get rid of a couple tracks uh, literally no idea how that happened so it kind of obsessed me because I was a, I'm a big fan of listening to that record front to back but I mean that it's just a great album I like it a lot so that's pretty much been my my go-to record uh, and it's been out for a while now and I'm it's still my favorite record as of late yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe I'll get the chance to play with him because I've noticed uh, a lot of like kind of metal and rock festivals. He's been kind of thrown in the middle of the lineups and stuff. He yeah, hard. He, he's all about like you know the pits, dude. He opens it up and, and he gets it rowdy. He's, I'd love to, I'd love to play a show at Yellow Wolf. Now, uh, have you had a chance to uh, hear any of the new Periphery record yet, or uh, the new Circle of Contempt that came out at the beginning of the month? I heard a little bit of Peripheries. Did it release? Uh, next week. It's okay, I was gonna say I didn't think it would release because. Uh, well, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with, with the song I did with Jason Richardson, but we were working on a song together, and we tracked. He did all the, the tracking and everything with Taylor Larson, who's the same person who engineered the Matriarch record. So when I did the song with him, uh, I flew out to Virginia, and when I happened to be there, Spencer was also in the process of finishing up the vocal production for the new Periphery record. So we were in a studio. We had Taylor's at the same time. So I'd go in, do my parts, and I'd finish up for the day. And then before and after, Spencer would be there, you know, engineering vocals. So I got a chance to hear some of the choruses and stuff on it. And, I mean, that record sounded great. I think it's going to be the most successful periphery record. But that's just my opinion. I mean, I just I like it more. Yeah, first couple tracks I've heard, I think it definitely kind of towards that direction, definitely. And just kind of speaking about Spencer, you know, working with him and Taylor, doing the vocals on Matriarch, just uh, what was kind of some of the stuff that uh, they kind of told you that kind of made you maybe look at a vocal take or look at stuff kind of differently than maybe you would have approached it in the first place? 
Um, honestly, the three of us really just clicked. Uh, Taylor and I, right away, we did a couple songs, um, just the two of us, before Spencer was brought in. I don't know if Spencer had a couple things going on previously, and that's why I showed up late to the party. But I think, I think the, the whole audition process really helped me out because that was my chance to write free reign and not have people looking over my shoulder. So by the time they heard that, they already knew, uh, you know, this guy knows what he's doing. He doesn't need to have his hand held, you know. So they were very good about giving me a lot of freedom while at the same time doing their job as producers. And, um, you know, most of the work, most of the vocal work on there, I did write myself. You know, lyrics, I wrote all of it. Vocal rhythms, melodies, wrote most of them. But, you know, they did a good job. Taylor would have a, a good melody idea. And, you know, as long as it was good and it was just as good as what I had in mind, I wasn't going to fight the idea. So we worked with it, and Spencer was very good at making sure he had the harmonies ready to go. As soon as we tracked the core melodies, Spencer or and or Taylor, whoever was running the rig the day, instantly it was ready with the harmonies, and it was it was great. It just allowed me to not have to work so hard, especially because we were in a process where I only had two weeks. I had to get home and like get back to my job and everything, you know. So we needed to get it done, and we, we didn't want to cut any corners, and we don't feel like we did. We worked as hard as we possibly could on every single part. We were very meticulous and very thorough, and um, I mean, I think because of those two as well, you know, it turned out to be as great of an experience as it was, and the sound is what it is because of everyone working on it. Yeah, definitely, for sure, and when you only have that, that small of a time gap of two weeks, it kind of it's one of those things where either under pressure, you, you kind of crumble, or it just makes you yeah. write and kind of you're doing no better. For messing around, it was work all the time. If I wasn't tracking, I was writing, you know, and that's just kind of the way it went. And it was worth it. I mean, I didn't feel stressed. I don't think, I don't think Taylor or or Spencer felt like they were under a lot of stress. We all just knew what had to be done. We knew when it had to be done by, and we went in and, and just did our jobs. Now, uh, what, are you still working at that job? Kind of a, just any time you're off tour, or was there kind of a day where you got to go in and be like? All right, uh, you know, I have to quit this job. I'm, you know, now playing full-time in a touring band. I, I was working there for a while. I think it was almost for a full year I was doing both. And every time I'd go back to work, I'd be there for a couple weeks, and immediately I'd be filling out another leave of absence. So eventually I came home, and I got a letter in the mail saying I was no longer employed there, which I didn't hold any hard grudges or anything like that um, or any hard feelings. Uh, it is what it is, and I was I was relieved. You know, next chapter of my life, I'm no longer yeah. working a full time job. I'm strictly an artist, and it feels great. Yeah, man. Because so, I mean, after working on it for so long, it's got to be pretty yeah. surreal for it, sure. It, it is. It, when I, when that letter came, I was just like, because I had wanted to quit, but I'm working on a lot of things back home. So it was like, I'll take the extra money so I can fund these projects. But it was also getting to the point where I'm like, I'm working 40 hours a week. I'm touring. So now it's hard to find time to work on these projects. And they're still like, you know, the center of my music career as far as I'm concerned. Like they're what really push me is, is the, yeah. the things that I have going on back home because of what they are and who I'm working on or who I'm working um, with as far as the production and the writing of them. So when they let me go, I was just like, this is great. You know, I got 40 hours a week free now to work on all of these things. And that was the first thing that came to mind was just all the free time that I'm now going to have to work on these projects and to help them grow. So, yeah, I mean, it's great. It definitely was a little bit surreal. It took me a couple days to, like, get used to not having to wake up and go to work or not. It was always either go to work or 
play a show that day and to wake up and be like, I can just write music and write stories and write movie plots all day now is like amazing. So I, I'm, I'm used to it by now. I'm definitely into the groove. You know, I know how to get home and make sure that I get as much work done as I possibly can before I hit the road again. Now, as far as it goes after Warp Tour for you guys, are you guys going to be uh, gearing up to go into writing uh, as far as after that European tour as well, or are you guys going to be doing another, uh, uh, whether it's U.S. or North American tour, kind of leading up to the end of the year before you guys focus on writing in the beginning of seven, 2017? It sounds like after the Europe tour, we're going into writing mode, which is good. We need to. We, I mean, the record's been out for over a year, like a year and a half or so by now, I think, or getting close, so... It's crunch time. You know, we're getting to that point where if we don't start writing and getting this done soon, now you're looking at instead of just the vocals being under duress, you're going to have the entire writing process under duress, and that's the last thing you want. So we're going to get to writing as soon as we can, and we want to put out another, you know, real good record that our fans are stoked on and we're stoked on as well. And uh, just kind of at this moment, kind of with the ideas that you have, is there kind of a concept in mind, or is just kind of be, like, more free-flowing, more or less? Not so much. We're... we're uh, we're just kind of feeling it out, I guess, and we'll, we'll figure out a concept as we go. Once I start hearing the songs and hearing the direction of everything, uh, I'll get a real good idea of what I'm going to want to write about, and then I'll bring that to the band, and we'll kind of discuss it from there before I really start writing. That's another reason why I think a lot of these lyrics I had written aren't going to work, because I had brought up the idea to the band of what I was going for, and everyone was on board with it, but I think as the idea of, of what we want has evolved that's probably just kind of fallen towards the wayside which is you know completely fine I'm, I'm very excited to get into the lyric process of this record though and kind of see you know who I've become over the last year and a half through touring and what kind of experience of, experiences am I going to choose to write about now it's going to be fun and have you already started to notice that kind of difference where you were kind of, uh, you know, kind of mentally out on the road a year and a half ago versus where you are now as far as just like uh, confidence, kind of, you know, feeling feeling good as far as touring goes and whatnot? Yeah, definitely. My overall mindset within the last, honestly, just the last few weeks has changed tremendously. Um, and I'm just, I always preach against the ne negativity, not so much against it, but I'm very pro-optimism, you know. It's just like there's really nothing bad to be said. Uh, and dwelling on it is only going to bring more of that your way. And I, as much as I did my job in keeping a positive vibe throughout the Matriarch record and, you know, other records that I've been a part of writing, I feel like, you know, may have been a little negative here and there and may have wrote some things that I, I don't necessarily stand by today. But that's all a part of evolution as a writer and as a lyricist and an artist in general. And... I still firmly stand by everything that I wrote because, you know, I don't feel like I I took anything overboard, but at the same time, I probably just could have put, I could have wrote it better maybe, you know, I could have just made it a little bit more clear uh, of what I actually meant, so I know that the songs mean this and go this way, but maybe the listeners can't quite comprehend it that way because of the way that I did my job, you know, and that's something that I think I'm going to have a better grasp on now, and it's something that I definitely look forward to seeing, you know, this time around, because I think I'll notice the difference. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Well, Lucas, thanks a lot for joining me in Rock the Walls today, man. I really appreciate it for your time. And one of the things I like to do with the bands that I interview is I get them to choose uh, two songs from their catalog they want the listeners to hear, and then a song that you'd like to hear by uh, any band, any artist, any genre. So if you want to pick uh, two Veil of Maya songs and a song by any other band, uh, go for it. All right, uh... My favorite tracks off of the Matriarch record are the single Mikasa, which you may or may not have heard already. But uh, definitely check out Daenerys. Very interesting song. 
And uh, check out that Feels Good track by our boys in volumes. Very catchy, and those guys are tight. Oh, yeah, man, sounds great. Lucas, thanks a lot, and I uh, really look forward to hearing a new record next year. Awesome, thank you. Go and check them out on the Warp Tour. Still a couple weeks left, and definitely go and check out their album, Matriarch. It's Veil of Maya Mikasa on Rock the Walls. Adobe Radio. I'm your host, Patrick Walford, here with you for Rock the Walls. That comes off of their latest album, Matriarch, which you can pick up right now. And uh, if you have not seen them on the Warp Tour yet, maybe Warp hasn't come through your town yet, they are playing on the Monster Energy South Stage. So uh, definitely go and catch them when they come through your city. Right now, we're going to hop right into another interview, though. Risto Matti Toivonen of Finnish 
metal band Circle of Contempt. Talk all about their brand new album, Structures for Creation, which just dropped a couple weeks back. A little bit about the hiatus and what the band has been doing in the last couple years in the meantime. And a whole lot more. So without any further ado, here's my interview with Risto Toivinen, guitarist of Circle of Contempt on Rock the Walls. You are listening to Rock the Walls here on IW Radio. I'm your host, Patrick Walford. Right now, we're joined by a band. They just dropped their brand new album, Structures for Creation, on July the 1st. One of my favorite records so far of this year. Right now, we are here with Risto Toivinen, guitarist of Circle of Contempt. Uh, Risto, uh, how's everything going, man? Uh, just dropping this record, your uh, first record in a couple of years. You guys are going to be playing a Euroblast coming up in a couple months. Just uh, how's everything going, man? Yeah, thank you, man. Uh... Everything is going really good at the moment. Uh, can't wait to start playing shows with the new record and can't wait to play at Europlast. Yeah, man, definitely for sure. It's a stacked lineup. Uh, you know, bands like Animals as Leaders, Born of Osiris, uh, you know, Enslaved, Intronaut, Sky Harbor, just a, a lot of great bands. Uh, for you guys to be playing that, um, your first show in, uh, in quite some time, just uh, going into it, man, uh, with uh, the set list and... Uh, putting some of these new songs in it, uh, what exactly uh, are you guys going to be doing for that? Um, we actually haven't decided on the set list yet. Uh, we've been practicing the new songs about um, uh, three or four months now. But they, I think most of the songs work really well live. So I think we're going to play uh, maybe five or six new songs and then one song from the EP and then maybe one or two songs from the... Uh, the oldest album. Nice, man. Now, for you guys uh, in the uh, writing process of this album, I know you guys uh, initially asked your fans, do you guys want an EP or do you guys want a full album? Just uh, for you guys in starting the writing process, uh, where did that really begin? Was it uh, a couple of years ago or did you guys uh, kind of take a, a little bit of time uh, just away from the band to kind of focus on uh, other stuff in your personal life for a little bit? Yeah, I think, uh, well, the EP came out Four years ago, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, after that one, we uh, well, we played we played some shows in 2012, and then we did a small uh, tour in the England uh, in 2013, I think. And then uh, sometime after that tour, uh, uh, we were dropped by Sumerian Records, and then uh, we started thinking. Uh, like, do we want to continue as a band or do we want to uh, uh, just, uh, you know, stop stop playing music and do other things? Uh, so I think after that uh, that time, we took some time off, just did other things. Uh, I went to, to university. Uh, another, another one, another band member also went to university and then the other guys started working full-time jobs. And then sometime in 2014, I started just, just writing some riffs. I, I, I had no intention of, of actually making an album or, you know, I was just having fun playing guitar and making riffs. And then uh, that's, how it, that's how it started. And now, as far as it went and just kind of some of the programming and stuff uh, that you guys have in this album, uh, just kind of the leading of the songs and uh, just throughout the album, for, for you guys, where do you uh, really add that in the writing process? That's something that you guys uh, 
kind of uh, toy with in pre-pro or is it something that you guys uh, more or less uh, kind of uh, write while you're in the studio? Well, actually, I, I, wrote, I write everything uh, uh, on Guitar Pro first. So I usually, I'm the one who always writes, writes everything first. So I do all the guitars, all the basses, uh, all, um, all the drums and all the uh, electronics and synths and stuff. And then after the Guitar Pro file is done, I usually start to uh, record the ideas or put the ideas uh, to Cubase. And then uh, they don't usually end up changing too much from the the the, the MIDI files that I, I wrote on Guitar Pro. But that's how I usually do all the, all the scenes and stuff. Now, for you guys, from from a lyrical standpoint and uh, throughout the entire album, I would say there's a kind of a, a a bit of a theme and kind of a you know just kind of overcoming a lot of stuff in life, uh, no matter what it is, and kind of uh, you know I mean songs like ascend from disruption and structures for creation, you know, um, redefine kind of people get the idea of that. But uh, for you guys, and uh, just from that aspect. Uh, what were you guys really trying to accomplish on this album that you guys uh, hadn't done before uh, with your other albums? Well, um, I'm not sure how how much um, I'm allowed to talk about. Uh, well, Dennis wrote all the lyrics, and he had some, I would say, um, major um, health problems started a year ago. And based on those... Uh, Things he went through with the, with his health, I think he he wrote most of the lyrics, uh, just going through the different emotions he has been dealing with with the past year. Yeah, for sure, man. That's that's obviously something that, that has to be hard hard on you guys as well. Uh, you know, see, seeing a brother of yours, uh, you know, really go go through all that stuff. For you guys, and uh, moving on from Sumerian Records and uh, self-releasing this album, uh, just for you guys, uh, the first time around, I mean, uh, just doing it like this uh, in 2016, you know, a lot more bands are are starting to self-release stuff and, you know, uh, just uh, kind of record everything themselves and whatnot. For you guys, uh, just what was that kind of experience like, just, uh, you know, bringing everything together yourselves you know obviously uh your drummer jp uh he does some incredible video work um did an awesome uh video uh for uh, the first single that you guys had released um so just as far as it went and kind of uh working together as a team what was that like for you guys um there's obviously a lot of work that you have to have to do when you uh put the album out independently and there was a lot of stuff i didn't know about until until we we started to plan the release, but uh, recording wise, it, wise it was pretty easy because I basically recorded everything uh, in my bedroom, uh, and then we sent everything to uh, Julian Rodriguez to Los Angeles for mix and master, and then like you said, JP does all the visual stuff, so we did the video, and then we have another. A good friend of ours who does all the he's done uh yeah uh album artwork he did for the last tv and he also did it for this one so it's good that we have a lot of uh 
friends who do do well in in certain different areas so we can always use our friends uh to help us with, with different kind of stuff yeah man definitely for sure now for yourself is there a certain song on the album uh that's kind of become a favorite of yours just uh, since you guys uh had finished uh recording this obviously uh before you guys released this you guys had listened to this uh just uh, a ton of time so for yourself is there a uh, a particular song that uh, you're really uh, excited to just play live for the first time, or is it more of a feeling of uh, you know the entire album? It's really hard to pick a favorite. Well, the, my favorite song has been changing. I would say every week for the past four months that I've I've listened to the record. But if I would have to choose one song that describes the album the best, I would think, or I would choose uh, "Redefine." I think it has the it has all the elements that we want to uh, achieve as a band. It has the, uh, the the technical technical riffs, and then the big melodic parts, and then uh, you know good solid vocals with good lyrics, and then solid drumming, and then overall the the song structure is really good on that song. So I, I would think I would say Redefine is 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 right now the best song the album in my opinion nice man i would definitely have to say that that's one of my favorites as well uh disconnect um you know really the entire album man if, if i'm being quite honest man from from beginning to end it's a it just really awesome and in my opinion completely worth the wait and just uh as far as that went for you guys and kind of uh timing when you're going to release it when you're self-releasing it for you guys what did it really come down to uh with picking that july first released it um well we have uh we have a management in germany who i've talked a lot uh since since the beginning of the year and we started to plan like what would be the best day to release the album and there was a lot of of course uh we had to um press the cds and make the shirts and then set up everything for the for itunes and spotify and stuff like that so uh, initially we wanted to release the album a bit earlier maybe a few months earlier but then uh because all the stuff took so much time we wanted to be uh well prepared when the album dropped so we decided to push back the release a few months so that when when july 1st came we would be all set and and all the pre-orders and and shirts and physical copies of the album would be ready by then. We will be back talking more with Risto from Circle of Contempt, but first, off of that brand new album, Structures for Creation, it's the grand scheme on Rock the Walls. Give up! 
talking with Risto Toivinen. He is one of the guitarists of Circle of Contempt. They just dropped their brand new album, Structures for Creation, a little bit earlier on this month. Now, Risto, just as far as it goes and uh, deciding what song to release first and just uh, the first couple songs that you guys released before dropping the album, uh, how difficult of a process was that for you guys to uh, choose which songs were going to be you know, the first that the, the fans were going to hear, the first in uh, you know, four years for you guys? Uh, well, it was pretty hard, but we tried to pick. Uh, well, the first song we dropped was uh, "Ascent from Disruption," and and we, well, we went over. Everyone in the band asked asked their opinion on what 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 should be the first single, and then also we we played the album to a few of our friends, and then asked what is the best or the strongest song that would be would be best to release first, and I think. Uh, with Ascent from Disruption being the first single, we wanted to to release uh, a song that it's um, it's it's really solid. So we we didn't want to take any risk because uh, uh, there's some songs on the album like Impulse and Captive Conception that has um, clean vocals and stuff that isn't so familiar with with the Circle of Content sound. So we wanted to pick a song that depicts the sound that the fans are known or the fans know. So I think that was one of the reasons we picked uh, Ascent from Disruption. And then the second single, Structures for Creation, was uh, all decided by JP because he he really wanted to do the video for that song. So we just went by JP's instinct on on on, on that one. Nice, man. That's awesome to hear, and I definitely think that those were were great choices by you guys. Now, uh, just talking about those songs, uh, Impulse and uh, Captive Conception, and adding those clean vocals in, was that something, um, you know, in the writing process early on that you guys knew you wanted to uh, add to it, or was it something that uh, just kind of uh, happened as you guys uh, were recording? Uh, You know, it'd be cool to try uh, something like this in this song, because I really feel that it fit well. Well, actually, both of the songs uh, we didn't plan on on recording any clean vocals on the album. But then, when we when we recorded the vocals, I think we did impulse first, and then uh, there's that part that has the clean vocals. Now, uh, at first, it was just instrumental, but then when we listened back to it, we were like, it sounds a bit too empty. So we wanted to add some more uh, more dynamics to that part. So we just thought about uh, a cool, cool melody to go with that part, and I, I think it sounds really good. Uh, the, the, the clean vocals on Captive Conception were, um, we actually have a feed. The clean vocals on that song are sang by uh, our, our old vocalist, Rico, who is singing on the first record. So. Uh, what we initially wanted to do was have Riku feet uh, on that last song of the record, and then we tried uh, some screaming for that ending part of the song, but it just didn't sound like it didn't fit too well there. So after that one, we again thought about doing some clean vocals, and then Riku wrote the melody for that one, and then it, I think it fits perfectly there, so we just went with it. Nice, man. Now, was that something all along that uh, with him that you guys just wanted to, to have him back on a song, or was it something that just uh, 
you guys kind of decided, you know, th- this would be pretty cool. Um, I actually, people came to this project um, a year ago. I actually had the whole album done by myself, and then uh, uh, Riku came in and and listened to the whole whole album, and then we started to think about like small stuff we would change uh, in each each song, and then by going through all the songs like that, we I asked Riku if he he wanted to produce the album, and and he wanted wanted to do that, so. Um, uh just by 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 writing all the songs basically again with Riku we we decided that it would be cool to have him feature on on one of the tracks as a as a thank you on our part for him man that's awesome to hear and it's also has to be great to to work with him as well and somebody who you know who who knows the band better than somebody who used to be in it you know what i mean yeah, and and uh, from the get go, me and Rico have always uh, written all all the songs of Circle of Contempt. So the EP actually is the only only record so far that uh, is done by me and doesn't have any influence on on other band members. So I think it was good for the album that we we got Rico on on, on board for this one. Yeah, man, definitely for sure. We are here talking with Risto Toivinen. He is one of the guitarists of Circle of Contempt. Go and check out their brand new album, Structures for Creation, available now on uh, all your digital platforms. Uh, You guys can as well uh, go and uh, buy some merch from them and uh, pick up the album uh, uh, on CD if you would like by going over to their uh, Big Cartel um, and, of course, uh, streaming on uh, Spotify and whatnot. Uh, now, man, as far as it goes uh, for you guys and uh, just uh, touring coming up, you guys have the one show, uh, Euroblast. But uh, other than that, are you guys uh, possibly going to be uh, uh, trying to tour maybe sometime soon? Uh, I know you guys, uh, some of you are uh, still uh, doing some schooling and whatnot. And uh, JP, uh, we talked a bit before the interview, he's uh, doing some cool stuff in L.A., uh, going to be filming some stuff for the CrossFit Games. Um, so what would you guys say is kind of uh, the the timeline with that, or are you guys just going to kind of uh, take it in stride and see how the uh, first show back goes? Um, with Europlast, we're actually trying to do four or five shows leading to Europlast, so we are trying to do like a mini tour uh uh when we go go play Euroblast. But after that one we are trying to play at least few shows in Finland and then we are trying to organize uh some I don't think we're able to do like a four week big tour in the States or in Europe, but I think it would be would be possible to do like a week or two weeks in, in Scandinavia or in Europe uh at the beginning of next year but it needs it needs a lot of organizing us like you said well jp is really busy with the video production stuff and then there's still some the other guys are working full-time and then actually our bass player just uh got, got his first kit so uh that's taking a lot of his time so there's a lot of organizing to do but i think it would be would be possible to do like 
one or two weeks in in the Europe in the beginning of next year. Yeah, man, definitely for sure. And, and just for yourself, just kind of over the past couple of years, um, you know, and going to school and just kind of having different life than, uh, you know, having uh, basically just touring full time and whatnot, uh, just for yourself, uh, what's that kind of uh, change been like for you? Um, I mean, do you uh, constantly get the, the itch to be back out on the road and uh, playing playing these songs? I do. I do miss playing live a lot. And I, I don't think there's... There's there's nothing quite like it than than doing a big big tour with with you know amazing bands and playing thirty shows a month and having a good time every day. It's it's one of the most um, one of the most awesome experiences uh, that you can that you can experience. But I, I do miss it every day. Um, but on the on the other hand. I've I've enjoyed, you know, this more mellow lifestyle, and then trying to study and and uh, just uh, focus on other things. We did we did uh, the band for so long uh, when we got signed to Sumerian, and even before that. So it's been good. That's awesome to hear, man. Now you're going to school for uh, physiotherapy, and you're also. Uh, physiotherapist uh, for a uh, 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 soccer team there in Finland. Um, just for yourself, man, what inspired you to uh, want to get into uh, studying something like that and pursue that as a career uh, uh, after music? Um, well, I played, uh, I played football since I was five years old. And then uh, I've always been really interested in, in all, all things related to sports. And then uh, actually... After we stopped playing, I went to uh, I, st- I studied as a massage therapist first, and then after that school, I decided to uh, deepen my knowledge. So I applied for the physiotherapy school, and then uh, I've been going there for past three years now. And then uh, now I'm actually thinking about uh, um, going abroad to study sports science as a master's master's degree but uh that's still uh, i'm still not too sure about that one but yeah yeah, man, that'd be super awesome. I know, I know for myself as well. Uh, just uh, growing up, uh, you know, being Canadian, um, kind of stereotypical, but uh, was a was a big uh, hockey fan growing up. Also uh, played a lot competitively and whatnot. But I mean, that realization, you know, when I was sixteen or seventeen years old, that uh, maybe I wasn't uh, quite enough, quite a good enough goalie to make the NHL. You kind of. Uh, think what would you rather do and uh, for me initially it was uh, to get into sports broadcasting and whatnot so I got to work at uh, TSN which is uh, kind of like Canada's uh, big sports channel and whatnot so uh, uh, really cool to, to kind of uh, pursue that as a career because it really it doesn't even really feel like a job it just feels like you know what I mean you're going to have fun and enjoy what you do you know what I mean yeah I, I kind of have the same feeling with with uh, working for the soccer team you know it's it doesn't feel like I'm going to work. I'm just going to there to, uh, you know, you know, uh, do the warm up for the guys or do some, or just come up with different exercises for them to do. And you know, it, it just doesn't feel like job. It's it's very nice. Yeah, man, definitely for sure. Now, when it comes to hockey, uh, the World Cup of Hockey that's going to be coming up uh, in September here in Toronto. 
But uh, as well, uh, back home, uh, what is the uh, the team that you uh, cheer for in the in the Finnish league? Porin uh, Asset is the team that we we have here. Uh, they they haven't done too well for a few seasons, but uh, a while ago they actually won uh, the whole league, which is which was good. Nice man, and going into the World Cup of Hockey with uh, with Finland's roster, do you think they have a, a pretty good shot at winning it all? I know uh, the past little bit in international competition, they've been doing uh, very very well. Yeah, I think we we have a chance to make it to the top top uh, eight at least. I think Canada is kind of weird, but I think we have a quite strong team. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we play in the in the in finals even yeah man for sure it's kind of crazy too i know um basically what they're doing it's going to be uh canada usa finland sweden russia um i think uh uh there's another team in there that i'm definitely blanking on right now but then they have a uh a team yeah and and then they have a, a team uh, north america which is like under 23 players um, from Canada and the U.S., and then they have a team Europe, which is made up of like Slovakia and like just any other country that isn't the uh, the four uh, European countries that are in uh, as them as their own country. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it all how it all shakes out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. For sure, man. Now, as far as it goes, and uh, just albums coming out over this past little bit, man, uh, just uh, for yourself, uh, what have you re- really been enjoying uh, so far this year, whether it's uh, uh, metal albums or just uh, any albums in any genres of music? Um, I have to say, I don't I don't want it to be like a cliche thing to say, but I don't uh, listen to too much metal these days. But um, the one thing, or the one album that I really liked was the new, new Veil of Maya album. I don't know how you pronounce that, but um, that one was really good. And then um, I just I love uh, the new the R and B singer Galant. Is it, is it Galant? Yeah. Uh, th- that one, and then um, uh, just a lot of good uh, pop and R and B album stuff come out lately i've been jamming those nice man that's awesome to hear have you heard the first couple songs uh from uh periphery three just yet yeah i actually have and i i do i do like them a lot i i've always been a fan of their music and uh i think that's one of the bands that get better with each album so it it looks like the new album is going to be amazing as well yeah, man, definitely. I think that that drops next week. It's crazy to think too that uh, uh, less than a year and a half ago that they just dropped a double album and they're already uh, already releasing another album. It's uh, just incredible, man. An amazing uh, group of uh, of writers and players all all by themselves. I mean, they could all do solo albums. That would be absolutely incredible. But as a unit, you know what I mean. They're they're one of the best bands in the genre for sure. And I, I don't know, like how how they how do they find the time to write so much songs because they're basically touring every every day of the every day of the year so i don't know how they do it yeah man it's definitely crazy that's for sure well riso 
Thanks a lot for joining me on Rock the Walls tonight, man. I really appreciate it for your time. And one of the things I like to do with the bands that I interview is I get them to choose a couple songs from uh, their catalog that they want the listeners to hear, and then a song that you would like to hear by uh, any band, any artist, any genre. So if you want to pick uh, two Circle of Contempt song songs for the listeners to hear and a song by any other band, uh, go for it. Okay, uh, I think I will pick Redefine from our album and then Captive Conception from our album. And then, uh, because the new Vela Maya album is so good, um, I would like to hear, uh, what's the music video song called? Uh, Mikasa? Yeah, Mikasa, that one. Hell yeah, man. Sounds great. Risto, thanks a lot, man. And uh, hopefully we will see you guys uh, over here in uh, North America sometime soon. Yeah, let's hope so. Thank you very much, man. Go and check out their brand new album, Structures for Creation. This is one of my favorites off the album. It's Redefined by Circle of Contempt on Rock the Walls. Yeah, we knock on this shit. You give up. This is all right, right? The crows and me.
Circle of Contempt Redefine on Adobe Radio. I'm your host, Patrick Walford, here with you for Rock the Walls. Seems like that song was pretty much a mutual agreement between me and uh, Reese Toyvin and guitars of the band of uh, being our favorites off of the album. So just a ripper of a tune and uh, definitely gives you a pretty good idea of uh, what that record packs. So uh, definitely go to iTunes and pick that one up. Those guys are completely independent after uh, releasing their first uh, couple of releases on Sumerian Records. So go and support that band. You never know. You mentioned that interview that they only have one show planned. But if the right uh, touring opportunity comes up, that they would uh, hop on it. So you guys go it and buy that album. Maybe a little bit greater chance of us seeing Circle of Contempt out on the road again. That's going to do it for Rock the Walls tonight. A very special thank you goes out to Lucas Magyar, vocalist of Veil of Maya, and Risto Mati Toivinen of Circle of Contempt for joining me on the show tonight. Next week, we have three-fifths of Ocean's 8 Alaska on the show, and as well, Elijah Witt, vocalist of Kane Hill. So very excited for the show next week. Got some other cool stuff coming up in the coming weeks as well for you guys. Going to be having a tray you on the show, as well as uh, another couple special guests over these next couple weeks. So uh, definitely stay tuned to the podcast and go to subscribe to it over on iTunes if you have not yet. I've been your host, Patrick Walford. That is going to do it for the show tonight. You have yourselves a great week, and always remember to listen loud. <laughs>